I, I'm I'm not a rev head. Well, I, <laughs> I... <laughs> Me neither, Kurt. I promise you that. <laughs> is What Shall We Do About with Sam Robinson. Hello and welcome to What Shall We Do About, the show that tries to fix the world's less pressing problems. Do you dream of owning an electric vehicle? Imagine to live in a world where you never have to fill up at the petrol station or worry about changing petrol prices, all the while knowing your trip is having less of an impact on the environment. When you look around the world, it's clear that electric vehicles, or EVs, are the future of transportation. But here in Australia, at least, things are moving slowly. I was quite struck recently reading an article in the Saturday paper by journalist Kurt Johnson called Australia Missing Out on EVs. In it, Kurt claims that Australia has all the advantages in the world to manufacture electric vehicles on home soil, and yet it just isn't happening. Intrigued by this situation, I wanted to know more. So I called Kurt to talk about electric vehicles and whether I'll ever be able to afford one here in Australia. Kurt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited. Yeah, because you had to talk about electric cars for half an hour. Is that is that why? That's my passion of the moment, yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, look, we are talking EVs, electric vehicles. First of all, break it down for us. What exactly is or what defines an electric vehicle? Right. An electric vehicle is a vehicle that has a, an electronic generator that propels it as opposed to an ICE or internal combustion engine and uh, which works on, on fuel, on, on petrol. Um, so that's the difference there. And there's obviously um, some middle ground there where there's a hybrid which uses uh, both petrol and a generator inside it. I think of hybrids and I often think, oh, it's a step forward, but it's still not. It's still a step in the past, isn't it? Um, it can serve as a transition um, sort of vehicle. The tough bit with uh, hybrid is that we still relies on that sort of fossil fuels based infrastructure. So a hybrid will still need to be filled up with petrol. So there's, if everyone was driving hybrid, the net emissions would be less, but there's less incentive to create that infrastructure that you could move to pure electric vehicles. Okay. So how is it that electric vehicles work? Is it a case of you plug it into the wall and that's all you need to know? Yeah, that's that's actually um, it does work. You can use a, a standard uh, outlet and, uh, or two forty volts wall socket, but you can also get uh, much better upgrades, which uh, increases the amount of current that flows in and will charge uh, your EV much much faster. I think when we think about rechargeable batteries, we think of our phones mm. and the fact that we often plug in our phone at night, get up in the morning, it's charged, but those batteries don't last too long. Like my phone will disappear battery before the end of the day now after having it for a couple of years. Do you think that there's a perception that that's the same case for electric vehicles, that that we kind of, you'll plug it in, but it it may deteriorate over time, that battery? Uh, That perception is is fairly widely held. uh, And the vast majority of money and, and investment is actually going into improving the quality of batteries. Uh, batteries are the, the heaviest and most expensive aspect of an electric vehicle. Uh, and 
you do have that sort of degrading over time of um, some of the older, so that would be uh, nickel metal hydride, the older type of battery. Um, the newer ones, the lithium ion ones, they retain their quality for a much longer period of time, up to 10 years. And the, the amount of charge that they can hold is much better as well. So this is whether electric vehicles will be uh, viable, and I, in my opinion, they are, um, is very much a question of how well the battery can be improved through technology yeah, okay. and innovation. Let's talk about, we're still talking a bit about, I guess, the fact that, you know, we've got petrol vehicles versus electric vehicles and there's a middle ground of the hybrid. What's the difference of the impact on the environment? Say we go uh, talk about just electric versus petrol. How big is the difference in the impact? Well, that's, again, um, that sort of comes down to the, the infrastructure. First, the first thing to note is that uh, electric vehicles, regardless of where the electricity is generated, so even if it's generated in a brown coal power station, the dirtiest of all power stations, that's still a net reduction in the amount of emissions uh, that are given off relative to a, a petrol vehicle or, or even worse, a diesel vehicle. Yeah. Hybrids sit in the middle. Um, hybrids will use a lot less petrol than a, a petrol vehicle, but obviously they still um, are giving off emissions from using that petrol, from burning that. Now, look, we're, we're talking about what should we do about electric vehicles on the show today, and uh, the state of electric vehicles around the world, it varies greatly from country to country. Can you share some of the countries that are doing really well with the rollout of electric vehicles and maybe after that, some that aren't? So the vanguard here uh, in the whole world is Norway and they have 47% uh, of their vehicles are, are electric. Wow. Comparative countries, no one's really anywhere close to that. Um, second uh, is 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 Germany. I don't have the exact statistics at hand, but I know it's quite uh, quite a way back from from Norway and the countries that aren't doing very well uh, at the moment unfortunately is uh, Australia historically the USA hasn't done well but they uh, thanks to a Biden administration they have committed to um, turning their whole federal fleet of cars uh, electric and that has huge implications for the amount of investment uh, and providing infrastructure for that around the country so there's a real situation for a country like the United States, which would be one to watch, that um, a big surge in investment means that they reach that critical mass where people will start looking at electric vehicles differently and start adopting them um, as, as uh, the price goes down. So what is it about Norway that has put them so ahead? I mean, 47% is huge. It's huge. It's huge. And it really is that that sort of tipping point that you get uh, for a country like Norway, where you get huge amounts of legislation in there, and they become really a, a, a vanguard country where different companies producing electric cars, manufacturers can send their cars uh, there and really get a sense of how things will look in the future. Mm. So the reason why they are successful is just really top-down investment and commitment by the, um, the the country as a whole to spruik electric vehicles. Yeah. So then you mentioned Australia is really behind. Why is it that Australia's been so slow to embrace EVs? Um, so that is really the inversion of the uh, of the of the Norwegian model, which is 
we have in Australia a complete absence of pro EV electric vehicle um, legislation. And we have our, our regulation in Australia um, is uh, actually where, where the Victoria is the first uh, government in the world, so the state government uh, in the world, to actually propose a tax on electric vehicles. Uh, they're proposing a two cents per kilometre uh, levy um, for electric vehicle owners. So you get a case in Australia where um, the, if you were to buy an electric vehicle, and especially if you're taking it under really long distances every day, you'd really be paying much more than you would yeah. for a petrol vehicle. Um, I won't go into the reasons as to why um, that Victoria has chosen to do that, but the perception around the world uh, by car manufacturers, so um, sort of uh, Tesla, VW is pouring a heap of money into it and it, it will really be a battle between VW and Tesla. The way that Australia looks and that sort of legislation appears is that we're a little bit of a backwater and there's not a lot of incentive for them to begin manufacturing vehicles, electric vehicles in Australia. And the, re the reason for that is that if you uh, if you want manufacture electric vehicles in a country, you really need a big domestic market to be able to soak up a lot of those vehicles that you manufacture, and then the rest of them you can export into the region. Yeah, okay. Because I know that it's, I find it interesting that Victoria is the government that want to put a levy on the ownership because that's the government that announced um, back in 2017 uh, an EV factory. That's right, and that. Um, 2017 obviously was a very different landscape politically uh, with regards to renewables and climate change. Yeah. Um, so the real incentive for them to build this massive factory in uh, Victoria's Latrobe Valley was that that was an area full of brown coal power stations. It's an area that provides 96% of Victoria's power. And the uh, that, that power they're closing these power stations hazelwood closed in 2017 and on the back of that there was an announcement to build a real a, a massive electric vehicle factory um by sea electric which was the company they're a company that um convert commercial vehicles uh into electric vehicles so the real incentive there was to provide jobs for former coal workers in this burgeoning renewable sector yeah Unfortunately, what has happened is almost nothing. This announcement was uh, that came um, in this really political period post post Hazelwood, uh, and there's uh, I have visited the smaller factory that they have out on the outskirts of Melbourne in the Dandenong area, and it's great. It's a really beautiful, clean factory. Um, they I, I took a ride in one of the um, electric vehicles. It's really quiet. It goes really quick. <laughs> uh, but it only they've only employed four uh, ex-Hazelwood uh, workers and Latrobe Valley workers. The promise was that they'd provide 500 jobs and, and nothing's happened so wow. far. They haven't even got a site for the factory. I can tell you're very passionate about this. How frustrated are you by that? Um, I'm very frustrated that... It just seems like a, a win for an, for an area. I've been to the Latrobe Valley a lot. Um, I think it is, it's a fascinating area because I arrived there expecting people to be very angry, um, to really 
be quite sceptical of the way that pro-climate policy came from the inner city and to be quite sceptical of that, given that they have such a long history of and, and, and passion for generating electricity and pride based on coal. And I went there and they just want jobs. So I, I went there and they are really, if they have jobs with a future that are in the renewable energy, they're really happy to embrace that. And it's such, it's such a shame that that is not becoming a reality. So, I mean, I look at this and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm younger I think about, you know, the the world and the climate a lot and I'm always like, okay, well, electric vehicles are good for the environment. Uh, it creates jobs. Why can't we just get on with it? You know, it, it makes sense to me that this is the way forward and we see it around the world as well. But am I looking at it right? Are there impacts on the wider motoring industry as we now see it if EVs were to become more common? Uh, well... The reality is, is that the motoring industry is going to EVs regardless of what Australia does. Um, there, there will be a battle between Tesla and VW. VW is the largest car manufacturer in the world uh, to see who dominates this new market. There's no question that ICEs, uh, internal combustion engines, are on their way out. They're expensive. They're dirty. They're bad for the environment. But they're also they're just much more difficult to maintain than electric vehicles. Electric vehicles have far less moving parts. They're simpler. It makes financial sense for everyone to transition to uh, electric vehicles. Unfortunately, Australia, again, we're getting left behind uh, we, the, while the world does get on with it. So the world is getting on with it. Australia is, is, is lagging behind. And it's such a shame that Australia is lagging behind because we have all these um, competitive advantages compared to other countries that could be manufacturing electric car vehicles in our um, in our region. So I, I spoke to the CEO of the Electric Vehicle uh, Council and he said that what happens is you get the head of VW and they come to Australia and on the way to Australia, they will stop in Singapore, they'll stop in Thailand, they'll stop in Vietnam. And the president is waiting to meet them on the tarmac there. When they come to Australia, no, no one wants to meet with them. And that really sends off a signal to them that Australia is not serious about producing electronic vehicles. And uh, that's that's really why, um, despite our, these, these vast competitive advantages that we have in Australia, so we have these, these minerals like lithium and cobalt. Co Cobalt's a really interesting example where you need cobalt for these lithium ion batteries. They're a really uh, valuable and, and, and rare metal that's needed in quite high quantities. And Australia is the only sovereign democracy in uh, a developed democracy in the top three uh, cobalt producers that can provide this. So we naturally have these huge advantages um, where it makes sense for them to build batteries to manufacture electric vehicles here in Australia. The, the government just hasn't expressed enough of an interest for them to believe that we're serious about it. I find that fascinating. To, I didn't know anything about cobalt. I'm not a scientist at all. Uh, but I think that we have it here and in spades by the sounds of it. Are we going to see a point where we're just shipping it overseas to other places that are building these electric cars because they need it? Well, that 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 all depends. So I, I 
I spoke with Michael Braust, who is the um, Australian head of VW. He said to me, he's he's quite frank about Australia's position with regards to manufacturing electric vehicles. He says he doesn't think it's going to happen. Um, he says our our regulatory uh, approach is is like a third world country, but he does believe there's a possibility that we can build our own batteries. It's just a matter of taking advantage of, of that opportunity. So his vision and, and one that's scaled back a little bit from us producing large uh, electric vehicles is that we can, um, you know, we can process uh, this lithium, this cobalt in the country, and we can produce, we can process it most importantly with renewable energy. And that would be a huge financial incentive for us. And if we don't, if we don't produce enough um, renewable energy where we process it here, we'll, we'll ship it overseas and they'll do it there. But that is a loss of a whole bunch of jobs and a huge opportunity for us to create this, uh, to take advantage of the, of the renewable industry worldwide. At the moment, my perception of electric vehicles is that they're quite expensive. Is that going to stay this way or if they roll out, will they become cheaper? So what you're seeing there is what happens when there's a tiny little market for a particular product and the amount of work and research, people that are buying these expensive EVs, your, your, your Teslas, they are paying off a whole bunch of research and development um, that's required for these electric vehicles. Now, what you'll see is once that scales up and the market grows, that the price of electric vehicles will come way down and, they will be much, much cheaper than ICEs are at the moment, eventually. It's just pure economics. Well, that gives me some hope because, you know, <laughs> cars are expensive mm-hmm. as they are, but if, if, there's, if they're going to be competitive, that's a good thing. Yeah, 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 they will be for sure. You mentioned in your article in the Saturday paper, and I quote, that uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison's comment on electric cars at the last election he said their inability to tow boats or caravans would end the weekend, and he's since denied making those claims. But you, you're right. What he said is still remembered by the fast-growing EV sector. I mean, how damaging is a comment like that to public perception of what an EV can do? That, that you know, what we do here in Australia, take a caravan out for the weekend, we just can't do it with an EV. Yeah, it's blatantly false as well. So... Uh, There has been proven that electric vehicles can tow a boat, can tow a caravan, Uh, but there's a sense that somehow um, electric vehicles are are just another front on on a culture war in which the Australian way of life, something fundamental to the way that we live our life, the way that we enjoy nature, is is substantially under threat by a, a renewable revolution. That's really damaging. It's not just damaging to how uh, electric vehicles are perceived, but there's a flow-on effect there. So the flow-on effect is if people don't think that electric vehicles are viable, then they won't buy them. And then the market and the demand for electric vehicles will be minimal, which they are at a, at, at Australia at, by world standards uh, in 2019. Uh, of all vehicle sales, we had 0.6% in Australia. Worldwide, the average in the developed countries was was uh, 4%. Um, so we're lagging behind now. So you really see what the Prime Minister says having a, a substantial impact on, on 
the credibility of electric vehicles and in my opinion quite quite incorrectly to to how their their capacity to function is totally consistent with the australian way of life you mentioned earlier that you've been an electric vehicle it was very fast you you said that quickly mm-hmm. would you say that they are just they perform just as well as a as a petrol vehicle they perform in terms of <laughs> I, I'm I'm not a rev head, but I <laughs> me neither, Kurt. I promise you that. <laughs> Just to uh, preface preface this with that, but they have this. Uh, I do know that electric vehicles have a substantially large amount of torque, uh, substantially more than internal combustion engine, um, because you get this direct transfer from the generator straight to the wheels. So you get much more direct power than you ever would with uh, with an internal combustion engine. And you see that on, on Teslas where they have this ludicrous mode and you press a button and it just like, it goes to... Uh, hundred in under four seconds, I think. Wow. Wow. But what about, say, for example, I, okay, I'm in Sydney. What if I'm driving down to Melbourne to visit family? Obviously, you're going to need infrastructure along the way to charge your vehicle. Is that, or, or would an electric vehicle get me from A to B? In what, well, you would also have to stop to uh, fill up with petrol, obviously. It's uh, 880Ks. Um, to the outskirts of um, of Melbourne from Sydney. But, yeah, you would have to stop and charge, and you do need this infrastructure, but the infrastructure is graded. So if you have stopped for lunch, um, you can plug it in uh, just to a wall socket, but you would have to leave it charging there for a lot longer than you would if it had some of these much more modern, um, much higher um, um, wattage uh, charges that you that, hopefully a growing infrastructure and there is an infrastructure being built um, would, would would enable these much longer leg trips than you would get um, just by plugging it into the wall. So we need to see a commitment of not only manufacturing EVs, but also providing these charging points right around Australia. Yeah, that's right. And again, that is another opportunity. So that's another potential business that's uh, manufacturing um, and that's, you know, once the grid can support it, that that's um, you know that's that's another industry that we can take advantage of. Yeah, I want you to think, Kurt. Ten years from now, mm-hmm. okay, just dream with me. Ten years from mm-hmm. now, twenty thirty one. At what point do you think Australia will be at with EVs? I think by twenty thirty one. Now, I'm I'm probably a bit of a bit of an optimist. Um, I think that Australia's Competitive advantages here are just too good for a lot of car manufacturers to to pass up. I think that as coal, you see coal jobs begin to fade out, those workers need jobs. They can find jobs in a renewable industry and a massive part of that renewable industry um, will be being able to process minerals really quick to the site, uh, really close to the site in which they're mined, and that will require... Uh, huge amounts of electricity. So I think that there is, we're at the edge of this tipping point at the moment. And I see the next 10 years being being um, utterly vital to how the EV industry will evolve. And I think what will happen is sooner or later, our uh, the market will outstrip regulation and we will have a, a thriving um, EV industry. And I think everyone is going to be... Um, Everyone's going to be driving around in EVs. What about worldwide 10 years from now? 
Oh, worldwide, um, I feel that my um, optimism is much less needed worldwide. I think that the tipping point is already happening, that it is already, I think we'll see numbers that you see in Norway at the moment. I think that that will be that it'll be like that worldwide and you'll begin to see that whole infrastructure of um, internal combustion engines begin to, to make way, to begin to fade and make way for um, electric infrastructure. What shall we do about electric vehicles, Kurt? Reduce regulation uh, and just promote it as an industry. It's a huge opportunity. It's a huge opportunity for us to become a renewable energy superpower and we just have to take advantage of that. Kurt, I really appreciate your passion and your, uh, I guess, investigation into this and that you're willing to share it with me on the podcast. So thanks. Thank you so much, Sam. You can find Kurt Johnson on Twitter at KUJO4PM. And I've linked to Kurt's article on electric vehicles from the April 10th edition of the Saturday paper in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends and why not leave a lovely review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're hearing this. The show is on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and you can get in touch with me anytime at whatshallwedopod at gmail.com. What Shall We Do About is hosted and produced by me, Sam Robinson, with original theme music by Chad Gardner. See you next week.